My Journey with Cancer. I've discovered a golden truth that from the start I was in your heart. A revelation that changed my world that from round one I am God's son. To be sure, in my mind, just who I am brings such peace, such joy. In my heart, in my soul, this means everything. I'm a man on a mission, I'm God's envoy. For now, I cancer sufferer i'm a human being with cancer it's my belief that god has called me to be frank and open about my cancer and my journey whether it be long or short to tell the world what it's like to have cancer and to walk that journey and to share with anyone who will listen what God can do so that you can see what cancer treatment is like for many of us it's a mystery and it's a frightening thing but it isn't it doesn't have to be and if you listen to my journey it might give you hope in yours Pops yeah we'd love to come on the journey with you Amen I wasn't supposed to have too much to say while having my final sessions of chemotherapy but life has a way of surprising us doesn't it On Tuesday the 14th of May, I went for my usual appointment ahead of my next treatment on Thursday the 16th. Once again it's the early morning, it's uh, 1.35am on the Friday and I'm sleepless due to the drugs I've had. But also I'm still disturbed by what happened last Tuesday. You see, I thought I'd got it all together. Done the why me bit and the how could you let this happen God bit. I thought I'd moved on to the what's next phase. The part where I've overcome the fear and I've sorted the trusting God issues so that everything is all okay. But no, I'm not there yet. You see, on Tuesday, I saw one of the oncology team and she gave me a shock. For the first time since commencing chemotherapy, my PSA, those blood markers that track my progress, well, those pesky things have gone up, not down. Down is good. Down means less cancer, more hope, a future. But up, up, I don't like up at all. It's only a small rise, and bless her, Lucy, the oncologist, did point out that statistically it's insignificant. Grumpily, I pointed out I was a patient, not a statistic. I think I may have to do a study on grace now, but I wasn't happy, as you can probably guess. This wasn't what I expected wasn't what I'd agreed to do with God. I had agreed to do exactly what God wanted, and he, I believed, had agreed to cure me. I wouldn't die. I was, after all, doing God's will. But the PSA has gone up, so is God reneging on our deal? Hot chocolate in hand, I turn to my Bible, and the words of Andrew's theme tune also play out in my head, especially the chorus. I am loved, I am his, I am set free. In Christ, I have my true identity. 
I had planned a simple study on the theme, I am set free. I was going to tell you how I'd been set free from sin as a teenager and how over the years God had set me free from fear. (laughs) Tuesday put the light of that one big time. So it's back to basics for me, which is something that God's people did in the Bible. When they came into difficult situations, when things were really bleak and dark for them, they would look at the situation they found themselves in and recount all the similar situations in their history, remembering each time how God had always delivered them, never let them down. Invariably, they found the answer not in God's lack of provision, but in their own lack of faith. So what do I know about being set free? Well, I've always loved the story of Joshua. And in the first chapter of Joshua, we read this in verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be bold, be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. Be bold, be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid. I am not dismayed. I'm walking in the faith and victory. Come on, walk in the faith and victory. For the Lord your God is with you. Joshua is in fact told this same thing time and time and time again. Be strong, be courageous, do not be afraid. The Bible tells me I'm adopted into God's family and I can call him father. Time and again, scripture tells me, do not fear. Way back at the beginning of my journey with cancer, the Lord gave me a verse. First book of John, chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I was initially afraid. More than that, I think maybe I felt betrayed. I would be the overcomer, and God would be the overcoming one. But this news was not in the plan, and that made me afraid. (sighs) Yet John tells me perfect love casts out fear. It can get even more confusing because in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, For by a single offering he, that is Jesus, has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 tells me, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Yet here I am, with a minuscule rise in my PSA level, and all the fear and all the doubt and the terror rise in my heart. I'm panicked. It caught me off guard. Spooked me. You know, I was a very different person when I became a Christian all those years ago. Apart from the initial change in lifestyle, due mostly to my repentance and my desire to please God. There is also a change that over the years has drawn me further away from the world and closer to God. The Bible calls this sanctification, which is a posh word that means being made more holy. So where does this perfection come into it that that is talked about in the Bible? I said earlier, we are made perfect in Christ. If I'm perfect, why do I fear? Because we also read that fear is the opposite of love and perfection. Fear brings torment. Well, my own somewhat confused understanding is this. When I became a Christian, I made Jesus the Lord of my life. I gave him everything so that he could deal with my sin, for instance, and he could deal with it any way he chose. 
He chose to obliterate the effect of sin by giving me his righteousness, which cancelled out my sinfulness. Now, and this is the important thing, in that one area I am made perfect now. And the sanctification, that being made holy, is what is going on in the rest of my life. It's a process, it's not a one-time thing. Each and every day, Christ's life works out in my life. What does that mean? It means that day by day I am changing. Piece by piece, I begin to reflect the God that I serve. Piece by piece, I begin to own more of heaven and less of earth in the way that I live. My problem is that sin changed me. In effect, I became like a broken mirror. A mirror covered in cracks, broken into many, many pieces. Each piece you look at reflects only a poor and often distorted reflection of Jesus. Even if you look at my life as a whole, you'll see all the imperfection. It's a whole image of Jesus, but it is broken, it's disturbed, it's not as it should be. And so each day I strive to become more like him. And hopefully, over the years, people will see more of him in my life. And if that's not happening, then as a Christian, I'm in trouble. If it's not happening in your life as a Christian, you're in trouble. And you need to look at yourself as I need to look at myself. And think again, what is my life achieving for God's kingdom? Remember Joshua? Even though God was with him, that God would lead him to victory, he still needed courage. He had to face his fears and not be afraid. He had to lead his people into battle. Even though the outcome of the battle was assured, there were many, many people who wouldn't come out the other side. And why do we have these battles? Why is it so difficult? Well, it's simply because human nature does not find the Christian life easy. It's a constant struggle. It's that process we learnt of earlier called sanctification, being made holy each and every day. As I look back at the times in my life when I've had serious illness, other life-changing events, things like the death of a loved one, or losing a job when I had just two little children to look after, as I look back on these events, I can now see God's provision, his arms overarching and caring for me at every turn of my life. It's not been easy, it's not been comfortable, but it is part of life. You see, there is a reason for the promise. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. It's because we need him constantly with us. We need Jesus to walk by our side every moment of every day. And if we're not leaning on him and not asking him to walk with us, then we're getting something wrong. You know, but that promise is a promise made by a holy God. And in all my life, I can truly say he never has, never left me, never forsook me. You are safe here in the Never fear, I'll be beside you Feeling my love, touching your soul Holding you close as I whisper to you I will never leave you, hold on tight Promise to stay forever You know, on Tuesday, what surprised me was not so much that the PSA had gone up, 
It truly is not significant, nor do I suspect is it life-changing. No, what surprised me was how little I was prepared to trust God with this life of mine. How easy Satan can rattle my defences and make me doubt. What surprised me was that all the overcoming, all the I'm okays, came down to so little in the end. The value is probably meaningless to most people, but it was actually 0.15 change, which really is meaningless, and yet it rattled me so much. And I thank God for the wiser people in my church who were able to uh, send me a text message or a WhatsApp and just say, Hey John, don't forget, God is on your side. Don't let Satan rattle you. Just keep going. We're with you. We're caring for you. A friend called Kay lost her father the same week and yet, all through the week, kept dropping in little messages to me just to see how I was going, just to make sure I was feeling okay. That's the kind of love that God's people are capable of showing. A love that overcomes all the problems of this world. A love that overcomes our fear, our struggles, our temptations. And I'm glad that I've come to the point of reminding myself that I am loved by God's people. That all the messages are not just empty words, but are heartfelt. And so now, before I return to my bed and try and get some sleep, I'm going to read one more scripture, just to be sure that I know how sure is the God I trust. How I can lean on him. How absolutely solid is everything he's promised me and everything he gives. And it's taken from the book of Romans chapter 6. But now, being made free from sin and having become servants of God, you have your fruit unto holiness and in the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to my journey through cancer. So I'd like to invite you to join me next week at the same place on the dial, at the same time, and walk a while with me. And I personally trust it will be a long, long series because I want to be round for a long time. If you've found what you've heard today helpful, if it's brought up issues in your life, then why not phone in to the Flame Studios? If you want to talk to me in particular, then Flame will pass your contact details on to me and I will be happy to talk to you as soon as I can. Jesus, this means everything to me In you I have my true True.